All right, and uh, we are teaching about the grace effects, and uh, yesterday we were teaching, shall we, shall we do a little review of yesterday for those that were not here, quick, huh? So we have said uh, ever since I came Sunday that when the Bible uh, speaks about uh, grace and Holy Spirit, it uses those words interchangeably. So it's hard to know what the, uh, the author is talking about. Is he talking about grace now or is he talking about the Holy Spirit now? So we just have to come to the conclusion that it, it is grace that we are partakers of divine nature, isn't it? And that we have the Holy Spirit. So, and when, when the Bible talks about the gifts of the Spirit, as they are usually called uh, in, in, yeah, in all the languages I speak, <laughs> I preach in three languages, I, I, I understand five, and they are all called the gifts of the Spirit, which is um, a little strange, because that's not what the Greek says. The Greek says charismas, which comes from the root word charis, which is grace. So, the effects of the grace. Uh, and uh, we should view the gifts of grace or the gifts of the Holy Spirit more like, um, like a geyser that shoots water out of the ground because of so much pressure. Or a volcano erupting, we said yesterday. So, so, the, so there, is, there is pressure inside of us. We are containers of the Holy Spirit and of this grace. And we cannot... We cannot, um, uh, how should we say, uh, push a bottom. This gushes out of us. This comes out of us. It is the personality of the Holy Spirit uh, that shoots out of us in uh, different forms. And it's, it's manifestations of the Spirit. And in the right environment, with the right temperature, isn't it? It happens. So we will read again from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and we'll make a little review for those that were not here yesterday and then we will continue to teach. Many say that there are, that there are nine gifts of the Spirit and I said yesterday too that that's not true. Uh, many of those that are in the list here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, they are in plural. All right? So different kinds of speaking in tongues and different gifts of healing and so on. And, and then there are many, uh, many gifts or many grace effects that are not even mentioned here uh, that are mentioned in other parts of the Bible, like interpreting dreams I was talking about yesterday, for example. Uh, so let's go in and read. And we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 6, and we see the Trinity here. We believe in a Trinity God, and it says there are different kinds of charismas, effects of the grace, but the same Spirit distributes them. I, I, I love that these, are, that these are effects of grace. Do you know why? I, I just have to, can I just teach you like I do back home? So, so I, let's, let's just forget about all that, me being a guest and stuff. Huh? So you, you know why I love it so much with this, that it is effect of the grace? Because um, uh, um, then we can't take the glory for anything. Are you getting it? It's all supernatural. It's all the Holy Spirit's doing. And uh, what he does, we, I mean, it's impossible to take the glory. This is grace effects. Isn't it? 
So it says here, there are different kinds of grace effects, but the same spirit with big S distributes them or lets them be manifested. And the Greek speaks about manifestations. Verse 5, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord, Jesus Christ. And there are different kinds of working, uh, but in all of them, oh, okay, then this, is, this is a little different from my mother tongue. I'm referring it back to German and Swedish when I read. But there, there are different kinds of working, but the same God who lets them work in all men or through all men. And uh, we can see here that verse 4 talks about the Holy Spirit and the grace effects. Verse 5 talks about the Lord Jesus and the services, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher, so And, and uh, verse 6 talks about the workings. The work of the grace that has to do with God the Father. Uh, the spirit of love, life, as referred to in Romans chapter 8 and so on. And our transformation. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's continue to read. It says from, from verse 7. Now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. And th there it really sounds like, like God is Santa Claus. You know, he, he hands out. For the common good, three gifts to you, two gifts to you. Are you very qualified? You get five. <laughs> and we have interpreted scripture like that. Uh, a lot of us, many of us, because of not knowing the Greek. So we need to understand that it's not like that. It, it, it speaks about the manifestations. Did you receive 5% of the Holy Spirit, I asked yesterday, when you got saved? Or did you receive 100%? You received a person. And everything that the Holy Spirit is, that's the, that's, the, that's, that's the gift. That's His personality. So you receive the Holy Spirit 100%. You receive Jesus 100%. That means that you should not limit the Holy Spirit. You should not limit the workings of God. Everything can be at work in you. It's more a faith matter than anything else. Do you believe He can? Some said, oh, well, I don't speak in tongues uh, I said, no, you've not experienced that manifestation yet. But the Holy Spirit is with you, and He knows how to speak in tongues. Yeah, but, but, uh, but I don't have that gift. What are you talking about? You have the Holy Spirit. So it will manifest sooner or later. But if you say you can't, you're blocking what He wants to do through you. Don't do that. Keep everything open. Because the Holy Spirit in you has all these marvelous grace effects. And they can come out when you believe. And that's the same. Jesus is not limited. I mean, if you were the only one to an unreached people group. And uh, there was no one else there. Jesus can be the apostle through you. The prophet through you. The evangelist through you. The shepherd, the teacher. But as soon as someone else shows up. That maybe has been called specifically for such a task. Uh, Jesus will probably move over start to manifest through that someone. And when you are three and when you are four, he will choose the hottest store in the kitchen. Isn't it? He will come through where the earth is thin and where there is most expectation. So where does he manifest? Where there is faith. That's why Romans says in chapter 12 that we prophesy in, a, in, in, in accordance with the measure of our faith. You, rem you remember? Mm-hmm. It says here, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given or appears for the common good. 
So it's not like we, we have these different gifts and then when we are together, Jesus is man of... No, we, we, you know, the first, the first disciples were called Christians because they were so much like Jesus. And Christian means, uh, you know, it comes from the word anointed, the Messiah, the, the Christ. So a little Christ. So Jesus said that we would do the same things he would do and even greater we would do, right? And then we receive his anointing. So, so we were recognized by the grace effects that had been working through Jesus. Mm. Yes, and here they are, all of them. And we talked yesterday about the word of wisdom that could not be compared to uh, university wisdom. No, and we looked, we looked at Jesus' life. And we saw that uh, we, we, we really learn best and we discover best how these gifts or who, who the, how these effects are at work when we study it in Jesus' life. And um, we know when he debated with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians, he often made them not dare to ask him any other question. How many of you remember? They, he just shut them up. They, they didn't dare to ask because he, he you know, and I, and I took the example of, from Mark's gospel about giving taxes to Caesar or not, how they tried to trap him and how brilliantly he answered with the wisdom that came from above. And the, the word of wisdom is, uh, is a solution to a delicate problem. Uh, it's for business people. It's for politicians. Are you here? It's for you when you're cornered by the agnostics and the atheists. And the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you have a solution to a complicated question. So on. We talked about the word of knowledge through Jesus' life. And we said that the word of knowledge, is, it's, it's God's paparazzi camera that zooms in on a little thing that has either happened or is going on in our lives. And when we know that God sees us particularly, I would say the word of knowledge is probably the soul winning gift number one. Because when we through the Holy Spirit can reveal something little that only God knows about someone particularly, they will immediately feel I'm loved by God, I'm seen by God. And Jesus did that when he, you know, when Philip brought Nathanael and Nathanael comes to Jesus and Jesus says in John's Gospel chapter 1 verse 48, I, I know you, you're a true Israelite. There's no false in you. And Nathanael is a skeptic. And he says, how can you know me? And he answers, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree. Before Philip called you. That fig tree, you know, that you have in front of your house where you used to sit. I saw you when you were there. And he turns. Bang. You're Messiah. You're the son of God. Because he has been revealed. Uh, or, or in John's Gospel, chapter 4, when Jesus meets the woman at the well. How many of you remember? The skeptical woman. And he talks about the living water. And she says, hey, are you 30? <laughs> Who are you? She's this experienced woman in her 50s, something like that, that says, Who are you? And I always see my mama before she came to Christ. My ghetto mama. Okay? 
Yeah, we won't go there. But and 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 Jesus just nails this woman with one word of knowledge. Go get your husband. I don't have a husband. Oh, that's right. Five you've had. And the one that is now back home there in your bed waiting for water. He's not your husband either. Whoops. <laughs> I see you are a prophet. And immediately she turns and she comes to believe. Word of knowledge. God's paparazzi camera. Um, that zooms in. Gift of special faith we talked about yesterday. And I, I'm very, very tempted to continue there. But I tried to explain that there are probably three different kinds of faith. Uh, one that we call human faith. Based upon human capacity and human experiences. And then we have the salvation faith. Which is like a muscle given to us by God in salvation. Romans 12, 3. Uh, Ephesians uh, 2.8, 2 um, Corinthians 4.13. Uh, so, so a faith that is like a muscle, a faith that can grow if you use it, a faith that can grow if you practice it. But then the Bible speaks about special faith, like an effect of the, of the, of the Spirit. And that is for a special task or mission for a limited time. Uh, and then it's 100%. It's flawless. It's God's faith and Jesus' faith that comes into operation. And it was there when Jesus cursed the fig tree. And it was there when Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave. Isn't it? And, and it was there many times. And, and it will appear in our life when we need it. And I can't, I can't mention that gift without starting crying. Because I have had these moments. I remember once when I was through this media slander. That went on for a year back home in my country. National television was hunting me. And uh, oh, it was hard. And I went down on my knees one early morning in my kitchen. And I asked God for supernatural strength. And God just kicked in. With supernatural faith. To carry my wife through. To carry my children through. To carry the church through. And he was there for as long as I needed it. Are you getting it? He can help you. He can step in. He's a helper. He's a counselor. He's on your side. All right. Now we've come to, we call it gifts of healing or the grace effects of healing. And when I talk about that, it's impossible to do that using five minutes. Because I, I, I wrote a whole book about it out there. You can buy it. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, is, Jesus was never healing the sick the same way. Very few, very few. I mean, very few times he did the same thing. He asked them to do something. He was spitting on them or on the ground. <laughs> he asked, you know, he, he, he said words to them. He was laying on of hands. It was so different all the time. And the gifts of healing is not just physical healing. It is also emotional healing. We can see in Matthew's gospel chapter 9 verse 35 that Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And then he was healing. It says every disease and every sickness. And this is important. Uh, sometimes we limit, uh, uh, we limit God. We say... Um, 
uh, physical healing we can stand in faith for. But then when it comes to things that has to do with the psychic, with, with the soul, we said you need professional help. You know what I'm saying? Like God is not professional. Huh? So, so God can do that too. He can wake a child right out of autism. I've seen it. He can take someone away from, from the most, uh, for, yeah, for, yeah. I've been uh, debating now with myself if I should tell or not, but I was 19 years old when I came to Teen Challenge, and I was a mess. Yeah, some people still think I'm a mess or, or a piece of work, <laughs> and I am. Tell my wife all the time, just hang in there, baby. When I'm 70, this is going to be great. <laughs> but I remember 19 years old, how messed up I was. And it's not the same person standing here that came to Teen Challenge with that knife under my pillow. Ready to fight for my life at any second. Afraid of everything. Um, no, that was a nervous wreck, but uh, he healed me, and he healed me emotionally, so that I could become a husband and a dad and a pastor, so that I could believe in women. I never marry. How who can trust a woman? <laughs> I'll never put children to this world. Who wants to put children into this hell? These were my beliefs. How can you live without lying? Lying was part of my backbone. But he came and he healed me. He healed me. Yeah. I would turn crazy. I just waited for something to, for someone to say the wrong thing. For me to have an excuse to smash teeth. <laughs> I know. But God healed that. Oh, can't remember when I was in a fight. Praise God. Huh? He comes with harmony, peace. And Jesus was amazing with that. He met with Peter after his wreck. You know, big mouthed, big mouth Peter, huh? Who, who was so cocky. And then after. You know, after the resurrection, he went back to fishing because he had denied Jesus. And Jesus met him on the seashore of Galilee. Had prepared a breakfast for him in the sunrise. That's my Jesus. Sat with him and looked him deep in his eyes. and Healed him with the words he spoke and restored him back into ministry. And I believe that healing, healing comes through words. And healing is carried by words. There's a lot to be said about that. But Jesus knew that. And when the grace effects comes with healing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what it is, Pastor. The woman said. She was a nervous wreck. I just want to sit here a little bit longer. Can I sit here in your car? Just a little bit longer. But you were an atheist, weren't you? Yeah, I don't believe in God. 
But there's something in your car. What do you think it is? I don't know. It's magic. I, I believe it is the Holy Spirit. The effect of the grace that I have received. Really, do you believe that? Yeah, it feels like when I was with my mama in a Catholic cathedral when I was a child. And we were lighting candles. Wow, I said, my opal compared to a Catholic cathedral. <laughs> well, she sat there and she sat there and sat there until I said, hey, atheist, what do you say? Should we pray the prayer of salvation? Please. Are you getting it? There's healing that will draw people. Well, there is this grace effect of the miraculous that we very seldom talk about. And I think that what you preach is what you get. So if we want the book of Acts type of a church uh, back in the Western world, we need to preach it. And the gift of the miraculous, we, we, we don't talk about it. Sometimes we make jokes about it. And then I think we somehow disqualify ourselves. We shouldn't make jokes about what we want to see. Jesus was walking on the water. Huh? He even was about to pass them by. How many of you remember? I love that little sentence. They were screaming out. They thought he was a ghost and Jesus was... He was about to pass them. <laughs> Just to freak them out. There's so much humor in the texts. Isn't Jesus the coolest? Isn't he the best? Jesus calmed the raging sea. He spoke to the wind and the waves. And that's not a parable. It's, it's historical events. It happened. Jesus said we could do the same things and even greater. Jesus raised the dead. He multiplied food to 15, 20,000 people. He, 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 he asked Peter to put out the hook in the lake and he pulled out a fish and there was a golden coin in the fish's mouth. And you say, ah, stop it now. Don't go too far here. Now that's just your humanistic mindset reacting. We need the gift of the miraculous. The world is running after the miraculous. They are running after every strange guru and miracle worker. We need to be a miraculous church. And we need to operate in the supernatural. I have a friend that prayed for a bag of rice. And it lasted for... Six months during our starvation in Korea for 30 families. A bag of rice. It didn't matter how much rice they scooped out of that bag. There was still the same amount in that bag. I believe. I have another friend who, who came to a funeral. The guy had been dead for four days. And as... <laughs> She was conducting the funeral. She didn't even have the faith. But the people, they had the faith. If the missionary comes, daddy will come alive. And in the middle of the funeral, daddy sits up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't that great? Have, a, uh, have another friend who crossed the lake, I told you yesterday. And I asked him, wow. 
Why did God let that happen? What was the deep purpose? He looked at me like if I was an idiot. He said it was too long around the lake. <laughs> I needed to get over to the other village to preach. We need this childlike faith in the supernatural. And we need to, to see these, these effects of the miraculous. I've seen the miraculous. I've seen it. I, I'm not here to speak about myself, but I've seen it. Seen it again and again and again. And how it turns entire cities upside down. Yeah. Yeah, my friends. Let's talk about prophecy for a while because prophecy is something that we have almost left behind. I don't know. I mean, it's um, a little bit like a little bit like we've we've been ticked off by the by the traditional Pentecostal world and their way of flowing in prophecy. Can I say it like that? With strange voices, people changing. Huh? Let's just talk about it. Can we? Can we do? Can we do that? Can we just talk about this elephant? So, so, it's, huh? You know, always the weirdest in the group that stands up and screams. He changes his voice, says, "So said the Lord," or something like that. And um, and we have gotten stuck in a form, in a format that was maybe was relevant one one time. Can, can I speak about this now? You got to understand that forms, there's nothing holy with forms. They change all the time. But the grace is holy. And if we are being ticked off by something or, or we don't like it because, because it's, we, we think it's old and it, it, this, this doesn't fit our culture. I understand that. But we need to be open to the grace in that level. Because a prophecy is fantastic when it comes right. A prophecy is not like the word of knowledge, like a paparazzi thing. It is longer scopes. It can be, it can be before. Uh, it can be, how do you say, back in time. It can be right in now. It can be in the future. Actually, those that prophesize, they are under the unction of the Spirit of God, so they stand outside of the time limit. They are with God now, and God is not operating along the time limit. He can jump in wherever He wants. All the time, isn't it? So when the prophet prophesies, like for example, Isaiah or Ezekiel, they can speak about the creation of the world, the present, and the end times at the same time. And that's sometimes we, we read a text that is three-dimensional. Huh? Lucifer kicked out of heaven right into a king at that time. And something that will happen in the end time. So I was standing outside of the timeline speaking longer scopes. And prophecy has often been despised because it's not so detailed. Oh, everyone can say this and that. But prophecy is not meant to nail you in that way. It's meant to encourage you and build you. I never forget I was 19, just saved. Came into that little church where there were only gray-haired people praying. 
And uh, I stood there. I've been drinking a couple of beers. <laughs> I wanted to go to a prayer meeting. Then I was there. And the man that led it called me to the front. Young man. I was the only young man. <laughs> and he started prophesying over me. I will make you a sharp arrow that I will have in my quiver. I will pull you out. I will shoot you into the nations. And where you fall down, it will start to burn. I still remember every prophet, you know, poetic Pentecostal words. I still remember everything. And he spoke about my future. Prophecy. Jesus was like that. He sat down on the mountain. He looked at his disciples. Matthew's gospel chapter 24. And he says. Truly I tell you. Not one stone will be left there. And he talks about the temple. And then he continues. And he talks about civil wars. And famines. And earthquakes. And he talks about the end time. And he lays it out to them. And about the gospel being preached to all nations and so on. But yeah, that was a long prophecy. But there was also these prophecies uh, to, to specific people. Like, um, like in Matthew's gospel chapter 26. Uh, where he tells Peter, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. That's not a word of knowledge, that's a, a prophecy. And, and, there, and there are these things that is so precious. I still remember a, a, a prophecy doesn't just have to come through someone else to you. That, that grace can come upon you. For you, you can prophesy over yourself. A, a spirit of prophecy, Joel speaks about, right? That will be poured out on all of us. Young, old, visions, dreams, a spirit of prophecy. I, I remember I sat on this little cafe, just saved again, 19 years old. These were, these were the days when I received most of the things. I was just saved and, 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 and vulnerable and sensitive and open. And I sat there in that cafe and I s smoked my, yeah, what, what was it? Was it Camel or Prince? I don't remember. And I tried to read the book of Leviticus. <laughs> and I came to chapter 16 about leprosy on houses. And I, I cussed. What's going on here? I'm trying to read this book. I don't get a thing. Huh? And in the middle of me sitting there, <laughs> frustrated, smoking overlooking Stockholm on a hill. Stockholm is my city. The Holy Spirit speaks. The power of God just comes upon me. I still remember I had to put out the cigarette. This is too holy. Mm -hmm. The spirit of law of life will take care of stuff. How many... you're an old man you'll be a father to tens of thousands of people in the city you're overlooking a prophecy it's still in here it guides me as I'm pastoring in Stockholm okay, you getting it? yeah very important that we start to prophesy again 
that we prophesy over one another, that we speak words of faith and affirmation in the Holy Spirit, that we encourage one another and declare things over one another. Prof to prophesy, to prophesy. In the Hebrew, the Hebrew word to prophesy is Masah, the tongue of God, being the tongue of God. So you are the tongue of God creating with your words. All right? But you are not to be led by prophecy. How many of you understand that? We're New Testament Christians, so we have the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit speaks to all of us, so, so we're not led by prophecies. We try prophecies. Some of them are good. Some of them are in the flesh. Some of them are plain weird. Mm -hmm. And then we throw in the waste can. Because it needs to ring in here and testify with what the Holy Spirit has already shown you. So first he shows it to you and the prophecy confirms what he has shown you. We're not to be led by prophecies. We are led by the voice of the Holy Spirit. All right. All right, my friends. There is this thing that we very seldom talk about that we call distinguishing between spirits. Distinguishing between spirits. How many of you know that we think this has to do with casting out demons. Yeah, of course, we use, we distinguish between spirits when we cast out demons. But it's much more than that. It is for you not to be fooled in life. It's your safety. And when you walk in the Holy Spirit, you will not close bad business deals. Because you know deep down in a gut feeling that is from the Holy Spirit, something in you says, no, you should not cooperate with this one. No. You should not go along with this one. No. He cannot be trusted or she is to be trusted. Can you see what I'm saying? And you will know things in your spirit when that grace is there. And oh, how we need that grace. Not to invest in the wrong people. How many of you know what I'm saying? You have invested in people and then they just backstab you and hurt you because of lack of distinguishing between spirits. Jesus knew. Jesus knew. And this is very, very important. Very important. Jesus knew what was in man. Um, you know, when he said to Nathanael, when he said to Nathanael that... Um, uh, that he was a true man without any faults. Uh, that, uh, that was not just him being nice. That was him flowing in the Holy Spirit. How many of you remember John's Gospel, chapter 2 and verse 24, 25, where it says that he didn't need man's testimony about man because he knew in him what was in man. So it's very important that we are led by the kick. How many of you remember Elizabeth and Mary meeting? They were carrying destinies inside of them, right? And the, and the, and the destinies loved one another. And they had future things in common. 
in, that they were carrying. And the baby kicked inside of Elizabeth and she was filled with joy. And I think distinguishing between spirit is that kick. I met with Philip and I just felt like kick. <laughs> I don't know what it was. He was Danny Duran's son-in-law. That's how he was introduced to me. Uh, emphasis on Danny Duran and the son-in-law. But I had a kick. Puff. Every time. Puff. Every time. Every time. I don't know what it was. But the baby in me. You don't know. Kicked. And the baby in him. So, so what is that? It is, it is the f- future. Led by that spirit and that grace. Yeah, it's a very positive gift. It will help you avoid many traps. A lot of things. Uh, I, I, I would say I used it all. I, I'm, I'm, I'm using and I'm flowing in that grace every week. Sitting in an airplane, sitting next to someone and and uh, I wonder, should I get into a deep conversation here or should I not? And, and I just go in here. And the Holy Spirit will say, yes. Or say, sleep. <laughs> are, you, are you getting it? So that you don't drain yourself. So that you, you are active when you should be active and resting when you should be resting. And then we have these different types of speaking in tongues. Let's talk about that. Can we do that? Tongues. Tongues. Yeah, my friends. Um, when, we t- when, when we speak about this, we, we've also gotten stuck on some Pentecostal formats. And that's why we've ticked off a lot of people. Yeah. Um, tongue, tongues is a, is a variety of, of grace effects. We've gotten stuck on it for some kind of a reason. Almost to the point where tongues has become an obstacle. And it is one of the greatest gifts there is. Um, when they received... The baptism in the Holy Spirit. I always say, and now I want to explain the difference between salvation and baptism in the Holy Spirit. And let me go back to creation morning quick. Can I, can I do that? God formed Adam out of dust of the ground, it says. And then he breathed his breath of life into his nostrils and he became a living being. He breathed the Ruach in Greek pneuma. His own spirit into man. His own life. But he wasn't finished there. It says he blessed man. Baraka. He dressed man. With what? With kabod. Glory. Kabod means heavy weight authority. Kabod means uh, uh, you are now dressed with an authority that shines and takes over. When they translated kabod into Greek in Septuaginta which is uh, um, the Old Testament translated into Greek 200 years before Christ. They translated it into doxa. And doxa means a bright light. 
a bright shining light taking over. So when Adam and Eve was created in the creation morning, they were not naked, even though they were physically naked. They were wrapped in glory clothes. They were shining in the same way like if you would look into the sun. They were shining. They, 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 there was a splendor. And they walked in authority. And they walked with weight. What did Satan steal from them? The breath? Nope. He stole eternal life here on earth. And then he stole the glory. Romans chapter 3. I'm going quick here now. says what? We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The doxa, the kabod, the weight, the authority. Okay, I'm, because I'm, I'm, I'm teaching my own first generation uh, disciples, first generation Christian disciples all the time. I have to be this basic as I'm now. Okay, so follow me. What is salvation? When we talk about being born again, uh, receiving eternal life. Well, that is... That is after the cross when Jesus has now redeemed and purchased and, 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 um, and, and, and made it possible again for eternal life. And, but that is the breath of life coming back for eternity. Being born again as eternal spirits. But baptism in the Holy Spirit is us receiving our clothes again. Huh? We are not naked anymore. We are now walking in, in bright shining light with authority. So baptism in the Holy Spirit is not just a, 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 a Pentecostal charismatic experience with goosebumps for some weird, strange believers. It is God's way of restoring mankind back to its origin. Are you getting it? Now, you've got to get this now. I don't care if you call yourself a, a, a Methodist or Baptist or bicyclist or, you know. Are you getting this? This is for all of us. It's for all of us. It's, it's the restoration plan of God. He came to breathe life for eternity in us. Fellowship with God for all time. And then he came to dress us in our one stolen clothes again and give us the bright shining light and the dogs are back. Isn't that beautiful? Baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus brings us to a river of liquid fire. John speaks about it in all four Gospels. He says, all right, I'm baptizing with water. What the one coming after me? He will baptize you in Holy Spirit. And in two of the Gospels, he says, and, and, and in fire. Seems like Jesus has a river of liquid fire. And when he takes us to that river and he dips us down in that river, we are coming up out of the river. Restored back to our origin. Can you see? Adam's stat. Um, I don't know the English words. I'm looking for English words. Yeah. You know, he's called the second Adam in Romans. So he, he, he comes back to give us the clothes back. And the tongues are there when they receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we often say that tongues is the sign. The sign. And that's a Pentecostal doctrine. Um, You've got to understand that I grew up outside of the, of the, of the Pentecostal world. 
So I agree definitely with that tongue is, is a sign. It is a sign. And, and everyone that speaks in tongues is baptized in the Holy Spirit. But there can be people that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is my belief, but they have not yet started to manifest with the gift of speaking in tongues. But that doesn't mean that they don't can or doesn't have the possibility to. It is just that they don't have the faith yet to do it. Or they are afraid to do it. Or they've been locked by wrong teaching. People told them this is wrong or something like that. Are you getting this? So it's very, very important that we understand that when the tongues came, these were also grace effects. And when the tongues came, it was no mystery. No. On the day of Pentecost, when the church was birthed, eh, they started speaking other earthly languages that were present right there in Jerusalem because they had come to celebrate Sukkot. They had come to celebrate this. Uh, what in the world is that called in English? This is... Uh, it was after Passover. Nah, yeah, yeah. Sukkot, it's called in, in Hebrew. <laughs> they, they come to celebrate this the celebration. And then they, they were there from all over the Mediterranean, from all, from all around the Mediterranean Sea. And there was the Greek, Turkish, Arabic, that time, of course. The classical Greek. And, and everyone understood them. When they started to speak under this grace. And they spoke all these languages. And we, we got to understand that that's why Paul refers to speaking in tongues as a sign to the unbeliever. And to some of us, this is just a mystery. How, how no, I've heard people speak. That, that's not, that, that, that belongs in a prayer meeting. That does not belong with, with, with believers. That's weird stuff. But you see, it made perfect sense. And it was an amazing Sign to unbelievers that these simple fishermen and carpenters and, and soldiers that had no education could speak classical Greek and Arabic and Turkish. And, were, and when they found out they were unschooled men, <laughs> idiotes, says in the Greek. Says in the Greek, idiotes. Unschooled men, idiots. When they found out... They were idiots. It became a sign. <laughs> Are you here? I never forget when I spoke Russian once. As I told you, my mother tongue is German. I speak Swedish. I, I preach in English. Uh, I, I understand some other languages, but not Russian. I can say 10 words in Russian or so. I can say hurry up and get, get saved and stuff like that. <laughs> but I prayed for a man from Russia, and there was no interpreter. So I just said, Holy Spirit, <laughs> let me encourage this man somehow. And then I started speaking in tongues, and I spoke in tongues. And when I spoke in tongues, the guy started, <laughs> and I, okay, he's having a good time. It's wonderful. Continued to pray, and when I was done, he, he held my arm. He wouldn't let me go. And he found an interpreter. And he says, you don't speak a word of Russian, do you? No. I said, I don't. So, but you were speaking Russian for 10 minutes. Perfect. My dialect. 
You even used a nickname for me that only my mama uses back home. Do you think he was convinced there was a God? This Austrian German spoke Russian under the effect of the grace. Spoke Russian. He had been praying that morning, God, if you exist, show me that you care for only me and only me. And here I was, speaking Russian. A sign to an unbeliever, earthly languages, Acts chapter 2. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And, and they spoke about the great deeds of God in the city of Jerusalem. That's, isn't that amazing? Yeah. But there is also something we call prophetic tongue or prophetic language. And this is very important. D different kinds of speaking in tongues and still to another to interpret tongues. And there is a tongue actually that, 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 that edifies the church or the body of believers. Uh, let's see if I can do this in English. You speak in tongues. You don't know what you say, but you pray to God and God gives you an interpretation. And all of a sudden you know. That what you've spoken in tongues is a message to a group of people. And many times we, we actually do prophesy when we preach. We've been speaking in tongues in our prayer closet. And then we come out and we edify the church. We interpret what we have received. Just people don't know it. Sometimes I speak in tongues alone in my car. And all of a sudden I just feel a need to interpret what I have said. And I start to declare things. And I know I'm now interpreting what I've been speaking. There is a tongue that edifies a group. Uh, someone particularly or even myself. And the Bible says that they used it. They used it so frequently. Especially in Corinth that they had to bring order to it. They loved to prophesy. So Paul had to say two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what he said. And not everyone, and that's where we have gotten confused many times, believing not everyone can speak in tongues. Because Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that can everyone speak in tongues and interpret tongues? No. And then we've gotten confused. But Jesus actually says that every believer should cast out demons and speak in tongues in Mark's gospel chapter 16. And it's not that they are in disagreement. They speak about two different things. Every believer can. But Paul speaks about the church service or the fellowship of the believers where not everyone can speak in tongues and interpret at the same time because no one would be edified. No one would be built up or encouraged. And with that said, of course, we can in a prayer meeting, everyone pray in tongues. When there, when there is just believers and we, we pray, of course. But, but we got to know that when we are together, there needs to be an order to things. Because otherwise, no one will be encouraged. No one would receive. So, prophetic tongues. Powerful. I remember when I started prophesying over myself. I said to Marie, I've been waiting so long for people to prophesy over me. I can't wait anymore. I've got to prophesy over myself here. <laughs> First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, 22 says, Do not quench the spirit and do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all and hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. 
Someone came to me and said, I see a wolf head over your head. But you have to interpret it yourself. He looked very weird and he went away. And I felt goosebumps, chills. And I said, I will interpret it myself. For the waste can. That was a weirdo. God help me. That was a spaceship that just landed. Woo! Watch out. Not every prophecy is good. Watch out. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Angelic tongues. Yeah. Paul says. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels. He's just referring to it once. So we can't build a doctrine around it or anything like that. It takes a lot more scriptures. But we know it happened. They probably spoke tongues of angels. I've heard the angels sing once when I was praying. That was amazing. Yeah. And I don't know sometimes when we do intercessory prayer or warfare prayer and we're deep in prayers who knows what God uses us to do I'm just saying who knows maybe he commands angels through us you know we are not to tell angels what to do in the soul we are not to seek contact with angels Paul even warns for that kind of stuff but who knows what happens at times when we pray in tongues Maybe we give coded messages from God to the angels. I don't know. Or maybe he does stuff when we are in prayer this way. Tongues of angels. But there are also these prayer tongues. I remember when it was explained to me. I wanted it so bad. My youth pastor. He said to me like this. Johannes, listen up now. Can I tell it just like he said it? Johannes, listen up now. You're a messed up young man. <laughs> okay. First I laughed. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and then he said, no, 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 you're not listening. You're a messed up kid. Well, I know. And then when he said it the third time, you know, it wasn't funny anymore. I wanted to smack him on his, you know. You're a, me you're a messed up kid. You've told me stuff. You like the smell of blood and you tell it and then you laugh and you, you, you say weird stuff. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you getting it? I was messed up. Had had 22 addresses before I turned 18. Rejected and rejection was in my blood. Done nothing but fighting and lying. Trying to survive. I was messed up. And my youth pastor said, you know what, Johannes? You need to pray in tongues. A lot. That's the only thing that can help you. <laughs> I said, well, what do you mean? Well, have you heard about the prayer tongues? And he explained. Prayer tongues. He said, in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And when we don't know what we ought to pray for, the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through 
wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. He said, there is a gift, Johannes. If you would speak in tongues, you would pray in the Spirit and you would pray to God for stuff you don't even know you need to pray for. And he would help you. And he would intercede on your behalf. And you would change and be transformed by speaking in tongues. No shrink can help you with that weird stuff. All right. No, I mean, you are violent. You, you, you are this. You are a pervert. You are this. You are. He just took the list. I don't know how, grace, how much grace it was, but he tried to disciple me. And then he said, you need, you need this. And I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I started to speak in tongues. And when I started to speak in tongues, it didn't make sense to me. But my youth pastor said, just pray. Just, just pray. Because it doesn't have to make sense to you. It makes sense to God. And when you are letting loose and you are letting, your, letting the, you know, you, you're not controlling this. Then God is praying through you. And it was amazing. I started to pray in tongues. And my youth pastor said that I should pray in tongues hours every day. <laughs> because no, no therapy will do it. But that will do it. <laughs> and I did. When I was driving my car. When I was cleaning my apartment. I prayed in tongues. And this is my honest testimony to you now. It was the tongues that healed me. Yeah. It healed me. I couldn't lie anymore. Couldn't fight anymore. First I thought that was a curse. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. Huh? I even told Maria. She came to me every weekend. And I said, you can't come like this anymore, baby. And she said, don't you love me? It's not that. You know what it is. She said, yeah, I know. She was also a new Christian. And the spirit of law of life started working. You know? You can't drink those beers anymore, Johannes. You can't do that stuff. And Johannes, stop that. You can't steal a little thing here and there. Stop that. Stop it. <laughs> the tongues transformed me and changed me. All right, friends. There's, there's this thing here that... that um, I want to share with you now. If we speak in tongues, we do not speak to people. First Corinthians chapter 14 says, but to God. And indeed, no one understands us. It's mysteries uttered by the Spirit. It's secrets between us and God. And anyone who speaks in a tongue, he edifies himself. Like the weight in the gym build up your muscles so the tongues build you up. And you become sensitive and powerful. And I changed by the speaking in tongues. I had three years. This is just my story. I had three years. This is my story. Where I did nothing but speaking in tongues every time I was alone. Hours. Hours. And if I would ride a bus in Europe or go on a train, I would pull up my hoodie and I would turn towards the window and I would sit Because he had said, that's the only thing that can heal you. And after a while, I could sleep at night. 
hadn't go up and go somewhere. Smoke to calm myself down. I could sleep a night through. Oh, what a blessing that was. Are you here? Came a time when I was provoked by several guys and I could just walk away. Wow. I remember, and I could just continue, continue, continue to tell you. I was transformed. And I told, I don't know when I prayed for them. But then I was then I was reminded that he has probably prayed. And when you pray in tongues, you do change. You're being transformed. Jude says. Dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy, intimate faith. In my Bible, in my mother tongue, it says intimate faith. Holy faith, intimate faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. So I will pray with my spirit, but also with my understanding. Spirit comes first. And Paul says that he thanks, he thanks God that he speaks in tongues more than anyone else. And I think this is so important now that we understand that Speaking in tongues is one of the greatest gifts and effects of the grace that has been given to us. I, I, I would even say, and I would say some radical stuff here. Can I do that? Listen, listen, friends. It, it kicks grace into operation. And it kicks the work of grace into operation. When you speak in tongues, now you are flowing in grace. Because it is one of those grace effects. And, when you, and, and, and it's like, like you cleanse yourself. Because you are giving it over to God. I don't understand this. Can, can you see it? I, I, no, I'm not, now I'm not solving this with willpower or intellect. Because I don't get this. So I just give it over to God. And I speak in tongues. Even if it makes sense or not. Even if I sound like a weirdo or a crazy man. Who cares? I, I will pray. And when I pray in tongues, the grace comes into effect. And flows through me. And does miracles with me. And changes me. Brain cells are being restored. When <laughs> we speak in tongues. Yeah. I could tell you stories. Of all my guys. Snorted so much. There's nothing left up here. But after speaking in tongues a few years. They can go to the university. God. Does that. No pills. No treatment. No shrink. God does that. We need the supernatural church. I'm not, I've not come here to, to, to tell jokes. I've come here to tell you just the way I tell my just saved and, and, and my people in our churches. That you need to speak in tongues. Not because it's cool or makes sense. But because it will transform your life. And it is for all of you. People always ask me, how do I start to speak in tongues? And I will talk a little bit about this because people say, how do I start to prophesy? How do I start to flow in word of knowledge? Huh? Faith. Faith. These signs will follow those that believe. We will prophesy in accordance with the measure of our faith. So, so let me explain this now. That if, if, we, if we never take steps of faith, we will never start. And faith is trying, testing. Really? Yeah. If it is you, tell me to come to you on the water, Peter said. Come? Oh. <laughs> I didn't expect that. 
And he tried. And it worked. And he was sinking. And Jesus got hold of him and said, Oh, you of little faith, right? Well, that's nice. He was the first one. Walk on water ever. But I want you to get this now. I really want you to get this. If you want to walk on water, you have to take a step out of the boat. I try to walk on water every summer. I tell my kids, now they are teenagers, Daddy will try again. <laughs> Pray in tongues. <laughs> and I'm getting ready. And I pray loud. And then I ran out. And until this day, I've been sinking like a stone. <laughs> but there are very good odds. I'll be one of the first ones in Europe that crosses a lake. Do you know why? We are so few trying. <laughs> it's good odds. Uh -huh. In Africa, there are more trying. Latin America, there are more trying. You can be the first here. What do you mean? Well, listen, if we want to see stuff, we have to try. I pray for sick all the time. And I don't, I, we don't say we fake it when we do that. Sometimes people die. Were you successful? No. Now let's talk about this. We still do it. So why is it that we don't dare to try to speak in tongues? We must dare to. We must dare to try. We must even dare to try to prophesy. And we need to build atmospheres and temperatures and climates where we can try. But also we need to build environments where we need to understand that not everything is of the Spirit. And sometimes it is plain weird and you just have to leave it. And we cannot be offended when we are missing it. We need to have that kind of environment, a generous environment. Sometimes the Holy Spirit comes upon someone in a, such a powerful way that they just start to speak in tongues all by themselves without even trying. And, and sometimes people are waiting for years and years and years, being afraid, afraid of trying. They don't want to fake stuff. And they wait and wait for God to throw down His hook in their tongue. <laughs> and they wait and they wait and they wait. Can, can we talk about this? They wait and they think that if I try to fake this thing, God will strike me with a lightning. And now I really need to ask you guys in here, how, how many of you have children? Let me see how many of you have children. There's a lot of people have children, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I have children. I remember they tried to speak. Long before they could speak, they spoke. And I never told them, shut up. In this house, you don't speak until you know how to speak. I loved when they spoke. Sometimes it was so funny. How many of you know? And they were talking to you. You didn't get a word. But they knew exactly what they were saying. And you loved it. Let me ask you now, am I a better father than him? Say no. Am I better than him? No. He will not give a stone when you ask for bread. He will not give a scorpion when you ask for an egg. How much more will he not give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? And 
How much more will he not rejoice when you're trying to speak in tongues? He will not tell you, oh, don't you try to do that again. I'll slap you out of my kitchen. <laughs> Praise God, he's not South European, huh? He's God. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about this for a while here? This is important. So when you try to walk and you can't walk, huh? isn't mama and dad applauding every attempt? Aren't they down there? She took a step. Wow. Two steps. Did you see it? Good job. What do you think God does when you try? He's down on his knees. Woo! Come on now. Don't you be afraid of everything all the time. There's so much fear in religion. You know? If I fake this thing, stop it. God is a good God. He loves you. He's for you. Try. What do you mean? Try. What do you mean? I mean what I say. <laughs> Try to speak in tongues. Like you've heard someone else speaking. No, no, no. Of course you can. What is so dangerous about Let Can I read? I need to come down here. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to speak with you about this now. There was an old woman I once was to pray for. She was 84. And she'd been waiting to be baptized in the Holy Spirit for over 50 years. She'd gone to the front for in, in every one of those invitations. And she was waiting for the hook. And nothing happened. And I felt so sorry for her because she didn't, dare, she didn't dare to try. Because she thought, if I try and this is not the real thing, then I'm messing with holy things. She was in fear. And I, and I, asked, I said to her what I've just said to you. And then I said, when I pray for you now, couldn't you do something very silly for me? What? I was the young man and she was the old mama. Can you see her? Huh? What? I said, I don't know. Let's see if I can do this in English. I don't know if I've told this story in English before. I said, Could, couldn't you, when you were a child, you probably tried to speak Chinese or sound like Chinese, even if you don't know that language. Of course I did. I've been a kid too. <laughs> okay, can you do that right now when I pray for you? Try to speak Chinese. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just let your tongue go and try some stupid stuff and let's see what happens. And she said, no. Come on now. We're doing holy things here, aren't we? And I said, yeah, but you know, I think it's just a thing. It's just a matter of letting go. Believing he is bigger. You know, when I lay my hands upon a sick person, can I speak about this? Now, I don't feel a thing sometimes. But the power of God goes through my hand and a blind sees and a deaf hears. Is it because I felt something? No, it's because I obeyed. I tried. I did. Sometimes I don't feel smack. I don't feel a thing. When I command a demon to come out, when someone is rolling on the ground and the demons are coming out, I don't feel a thing. I just do it. 
Because I trust the name of Jesus. I can continue here now. Huh? Sometimes you just need to do stuff. And this woman, she said, once. <laughs> and I laid my hands upon her. I started to pray for her. And as I prayed for her, I felt the power of God coming over her so powerfully. And I just knew she's been baptized in the Holy Spirit probably for 50 years already. But she's just locked up for some strange reason with this thing here. The sign. And then I said, try now. And she started. <laughs> and then, it was so cute. <laughs> I started laughing and she laughed. And then I said, try again. And then she just took off. What a you know, only an old Pentecostal lady can take off like that. Some of you. <laughs> Crying. Couldn't speak. And I just stood there. I said, what's happening to you? She couldn't answer me. She just continued. Well, she was flowing. She was going. She was lost. She'd been waiting. She was bursting. The volcano just erupted. She had been waiting so long. And now it just came. Why did it come? Because she dared to try. Don't wait. The Holy Spirit is in you. He knows how to speak in tongues. He knows how to prophesy. He knows how to heal the sick. He knows how to distinguish within the spirits. He knows all of this stuff. It will never ever manifest if there is not faith. Faith in Him. What, what does faith do? Let me, let me talk about Ephesians 2 and 8 again. This is not teaching. Listen up. We are saved by grace through faith. Right? Not by own works. Not on our efforts. Huh? So that no one can boast. So we access, we access into grace by faith. We flow when we take steps. It's about letting go. Believing. Oh, sometimes they tell me, Johannes, how comes you've seen so much of the miraculous? So, because I have. I've seen the miraculous so much, I, I often don't dare to speak about it. I'm telling you, I, I, there is a lot of grace that heaven has poured out upon me in this area. How comes? You know what? I'm a childish believer. I'm a, I'm a childish, childish believer. Sometimes I just run. I just take off and I run. And I run out on the waters in my festivals. And I just declare and do stuff. And it happens everywhere. Sometimes I just clean a whole line of wheelchairs. Why? I shouldn't speak like the Holy Spirit. Forgive me. But it happens. Holy Spirit, forgive me. I felt the check. So, are you hearing me? By faith. By faith, grace is released and you access into grace. Not by fear, by faith.
Tonight we're going to pray for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I don't want you to get stuck on the tongue thing. Mm -mm. I want you to understand that you can do all things through the one that strengthens you. All things. That all the workings and all, he works all of it through all men. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 6 says. So when we're going to prayer, I know many, many will start to speak in tongues for the first time in their lives. But if you don't start, it is because you are afraid to try. And then we will just leave you. Are you hearing me now? To go build faith. Just go build faith. Just go meditate on this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by teaching like this. Faith comes to you. So we'll just leave you be and you might wake up in the middle of the night and just sit in your bed and start to speak in tongues. Or you will go out on a walk all by yourself and speak in tongues. Or you will sit in your car and all of a sudden faith is there and you will speak in tongues. We won't force anything. We may push you a little bit. I might even do with you as I did with my little sisters. I got four little sisters. Some of them I share a lot of blood with. Some of them a little blood with. But we would stand up on a cliff, you know. And they wanted so much to jump into the water with their wild brother. But they didn't dare to. And I said, hold my hand. No, I know what you're going to do. Hold my hand. And then they wanted it so much. But then you're going to jump in with me. Nah, well, maybe. I don't know. And then they took my hand anyhow. And that's what you will do tonight. You will take my hand anyhow. And I will jump in with you. And when we jumped in, I could, she was screaming all the way down. <laughs> My sister Anna, she screamed all the way down. I hate you. <laughs> but then when we came out of the water, I love you. I could have never done that by myself. So we'll push one another and help one another to get into grace. Right? We will access grace by faith together. Let's stand up. Thanks for listening today. We hope you were encouraged by the Word of God. If you'd like more information on North Point Community Church, you can find us online at www.northpoint.ccpeople.com.